Shaking everybody, you're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... McKenna Steele, Robots in Disguise. Justin Porter, Yo Joe. Connor Wood, Crusader of the Milk Toast Empire. Yeah, the best empire to be a crusader of. Right. Well, everybody, we have a pretty fun story that we've prepared for you. Well, we we know what the broad strokes of the story are going to be, and we know nothing aside from that, so let's figure out. So, the setting that we are going to be doing this time was a suggestion from Rachel Anderton, Caleb's wife, who you've probably heard us mention a couple times during the plugs. She is the owner of Book Lover's Soaps. Go check that out. She's so sweet. And she wants to see us do a Harry Potter-themed campaign. So we are taking that, and the thing that we're going to be kind of mashing it up with uh, more thematically than literally is the idea of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. The whole shtick behind that play is it's two pretty minor characters from Hamlet who you don't see on stage very much, and it's all the stuff they're doing off stage while Hamlet is getting into all kinds of shenanigans on stage. So we're all going to be playing as some kind of very ancillary character, secondary, tertiary, quaternary, like however many degrees away from being a main character you want to be. And we're going to see what these guys are doing on the outskirts while Harry is getting all crazy teen hormonal and angsty and whatnot. So, as always, we're going to start out with an ideation. We're going to tell you some real stories from our real lives to help inform this story moving forward. And I will kick us off with that. So Harry Potter is part of the kind of broader genre of like the supernatural, magical, hero, whatever kind of school, which is a genre that I have felt at times has gotten maybe a little bit tired. Uh, There have been a lot of different takes on it, and none of them for me seem to quite match up to Harry Potter until I checked out something called Dimension 20, It is College Humor's actual play D&D show. Their first campaign is Fantasy High. It's a hero adventurer high school. And when I saw that, I dismissed it immediately because I was like, this genre is so overplayed. I am not interested in this. But then I finally got around to watching it and I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. This is wonderful. And so hopefully we can turn this into something amazing and wonderful instead of just falling back on the overused tropes. But aside from that, you know, Harry Potter is a great series, well-written. One of the oldest Halloween costumes that I can remember is I dressed up as Harry Potter when I was a young child. I remember that my mother and my father would take turns reading to us as children on wonderful summer evenings from the first book. And of course, none of us knew that it was pronounced Hermione, so we were saying Hermione the entire time. (laughs) But as I've grown up, my facial resemblance to Harry Potter is maybe not as much as the books describe, but I still have kind of a Harry Potter-esque kind of look, so that's my stuff for Harry Potter. Let's go to McKenna. What you got for us? Mickey D's over here. Um, I feel like I've talked about Lego Star Wars before, and I don't remember if I spoke about Lego Harry Potter. Mm. Lego Harry Potter is amazing. And if you have a Nintendo Switch, it actually, at least it feels like to me, it goes on sale pretty often. Um, yeah, it's like five bucks every other month or so. Yeah. I just think they're really fun. They're super silly and it makes me happy. But I also have very vivid memories of reading Harry Potter in bed 
and my room in one of our houses, the laundry room, I don't know how to describe this. So like the laundry room was in my room. So like if you went upstairs to the top of our house, it split into two little sections and you had these little steps going up on either side and there was a room there. And then inside of that room on the right, there was another little tiny room in there and that was the laundry room. So dirty laundry was always like in my room. It was a pretty big room too, but that was my room. So I always remember reading my book in that room and having my little corner of the laundry room where I would sit and read Harry Potter at night. So as far as Harry Potter goes, that's like my glowing memory of that. But as far as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, they have done quite a few like movies or musicals about Shakespeare and like how he's come about these ideas for writing his stories or whatever. And one of my favorite of those adaptations is Something Rotten the Musical, which I was belting in the shower before we started recording. And it is fantastic. So if you have not listened to it, it is so funny. I went and saw it by myself in New York like three years, three or four years ago. And it was the best decision. Go see a Broadway show by yourself. It's so much fun. But it was chef's kiss so funny especially if you're a big shakespeare person so good i was actually on that trip with you i now remember you were on that trip that's when we saw she loves me yep that's right we got to meet zachary levi that was cool that was really cool if you if you want to go to a show where you want to meet the cast go to a matinee because usually they'll kind of pop out and then there's not a lot of people there like there was no one there to meet zachary levi it was a bunch of old people i don't think they cared to meet zachary levi so it was like us and like maybe like three other groups it was dope nice they're missing out. I know. He was very kind. Yeah, I gotta say, the image of you reading Harry Potter in a laundry room does kind of harken back to Harry living under the stairs. I had that thought while I was telling it. I was like, oh my gosh, I basically Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm not. I um, I had I had a nice bed <laughs> and loving alive parents. Important distinctions from you and yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. I do have scars, but those are just from my cat. So. Oh, that's isn't that the life? Oh mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my tale of woe. Nice. JP, what is your tale of woe? My tale of woe. Okay, so when uh, Harry Potter 7 Part 1 came out, in our church they had like a singles thing, and we bid on dates, and somebody bid on my date to go see Harry Potter, but we were going to, what were we going to do? We were going to like dress up, I think, and go to the midnight showing. And I kept texting her and be like, hey, so are we going to get together and make these costumes? And she never replied and stood me up. (gasps) But I did find someone else at the last minute to come with me. But I was still kind of like, what the heck? Why would you get on my date and then not go? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's weak. I'm pretty sure I'm still connected with her on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good place to stay connected. Hey, it's okay. Good thing thing you have a wife that is obsessed with Harry Potter. Yes, that is true. You can check those boxes. You're good. (laughs) And then the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. I don't know the play very well, even though I've seen it. The only thing I really remember from it was they did this thing where because they had they never left the stage. And so at one point he throws his shoe off stage and somebody on the other side threw a shoe on. So it looked like it was just like a (laughs) continuous loop, like there was no way to get off the stage. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I love that. I love good stage tricks like that. Oh, yeah. Right on. And Connor, what is your tale of woe? 
So I work this really interesting, fascinating job where I look at houses and I look at bugs in the houses uh, and I'm supposed to say, oh, there's a bug downstairs. Anyway, uh, I've always referred to the little closet underneath the staircase as the Harry Potter room. Uh, and I will include that in my reports, like the uh, HPR, you know, we've got signs of roaches or whatever. <laughs> uh, so that's my first very interesting tale. Another very, very interesting tale is I went to a, uh, not a non-denominational, but a denominationally kind of ambiguous church. I don't, I don't know, man, it was weird, it was California. When I was younger, <laughs> And um, the first award I ever remember winning in my life was this little toy set after the first Harry Potter came out. And it was just like uh, them on the train as little toys. And I was like, well, what did I do to earn this? And they're like, you came to church for seven weeks wearing the themed thing. And I was like, I don't remember doing any of that. I'm a little baby boy. <laughs> but they gave it to me anyway. And I think it's in my mom's attic. Uh, now over to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. I'm a big fan of the show. And the movie is pretty darn fun. Uh, Tim Roth is in it. And he He's great. And I'm just thinking of Reservoir Dogs because he's in that and he gets shot. The end. Ha ha ha. These are all my ideas. <laughs> right on. Getting shot in the end is maybe one of the best themes that we've had during ideation so far. Yeah, it's a pretty good way to end things. Um, however, I will say I would like to go to this denominationally ambiguous church if I get to win awards like that. I, I guess I do have one more story just while we're on the, uh, the, the odd ambiguous church. Uh, one time they had me speak to like represent the kids portion but I don't know if they ever gave me any instructions so I was just I just went up there and I was like today we made magnets and if you turn them upside down they look like a baby's butt <laughs> and everyone was laughing and I was like yeah church like I left dude I had one teacher at church who there was a couple weeks where she would put together like these brain teasers and she'd hand them out to all the kids to get us involved. And I was a super geek nerd when I was a child, so I was always the one who would finish first, and the one who finished first got their favorite candy, so I got lots of gummy bears that way. But after a while, I think she was like, this kid always wins, I should probably stop doing this. Well, that's just rude. Everybody else should, you know, get up to the level. And Punish children for being smart. Exactly. <laughs> that's a good way to start off. <laughs> Well, speaking of punishing children for being smart, let's figure out what our world is going to look like. Oh, yeah, Hogwarts. Ooh. Yeah, what, what year is this? What year of shenanigans in the HP is this going to be? Man, I the book that I enjoy the most personally is Goblet of Fire. Mm. Oh, that was a good one. And I think there's a lot of cool, fun stuff that's happening in the school. A lot of like lighthearted shenanigans before stuff starts getting super dark and moody. Yeah. It's also got the tournament Mad art. Mad-Eye moody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. Conspiration. Okay, thanks. Hey. <laughs> I don't think, I'm not sure if I've actually mentioned this on the show before, but I do this thing in my home games called Punspiration, where oh, it's if somebody makes a joke that I really like, I let them re-roll for free. <laughs> so that is Punspiration, everybody. You are free to use that in your home games, but you have to credit me in the description. Every time it's mentioned. <laughs> Punspiration, quote net. <laughs> yes. So I, I might throw my hat in the ring for Goblet of Fire, but if you guys are feeling passionate about which book you'd like to work in, I'm willing to consider that as well. I think that would also be fun because it's not too serious, but it's also kind of like, oh, we're at Hogwarts and there's this massive competition thing. We have all of these people at the school. Yeah. This has got to be really weird from everybody else's perspective of like... The hot, the hot guy died. Yeah, the hot guy's <laughs> dead. What a weird thing to happen in the middle of the year. Yeah, so crazy. And then it's just death from there on. No, I like Goblet of Fire. I would also throw my 
my name into the goblet for that one. Hey. Don't you put your name below my All right. So we're going to be in year number four. So now we have to figure out who our characters are going to be. McKenna, would you like to start us off? I really would. Okay, so um, my character is a house elf. She works in the kitchen, and she's just really frustrated because there's all these people here. And like now she has to clean up after like all these people and she has to make like goodies and stuff for all these people. There's just so many more mouths to feed and she's just, this is just the worst. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Dumbledore, why did you do this? You got three times as many mouths to feed, three times as many people to clean up after. Three times as many laundries. Uh, it's it's the worst. Like, I'm so sick of it. Can't stand it. Um, her name is going to be, give me, I need to go through the house elf names. So there's Creature, there's Dobby. Um, what's the other one? Bobby. From the books. I can't remember. Yeah, it's Bobby. Bobby Dobby. What is her name? There's a female one. What's her name? Grizabella. She she's super super sad because she got freed and now she doesn't know what to do with her life. JP, get your wife. Winky. That's who it Winky. is. Winky. That's what it is. Okay. I was like, I know there's another of one. Of course it's freaking Winky. No, but her name is gonna be Greya. Greya. Mm. All right. Um, and her high concept is gonna be check that off the list. Because she's always got things she's got to do. Mm. So she's always got a to-do list of things. And she carries around this little notepad to go. Has a lot of work, but very organized. Oh, she's the most organized about it. Because if she wasn't, then all the other hairs that are still remaining on her head would be gone. And she'd be fully bald. But she's got some hairs still. <laughs> nice. Now, what is something that gets Greya in trouble? Um, she likes to be sneaky and pull harmless pranks to kind of entertain herself throughout the day. All right, sneaky prankster. A little pranky, a, a little snaky pranky. No, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> now, for your additional aspect, your audience suggested aspect, these are the ones that you will get to choose from. Birdie Bot's dependency, wanted to be a lawyer, and lost my leg in the war. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> She's got stories to tell. I know. I lost my leg in the war. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, man. So, Winky's got a history, maybe fighting against the Death Eaters. Oh, Winky B. This be Greya. Greya, that's right. That's right. Uh, Winky's my arch nemesis. Everybody talks about Winky. Yeah, Winky <laughs> fought the Death Eaters and Greya fought the Leg Eaters. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe, maybe, maybe what it is is a. Uh... <laughs> She was the one that had to get, um, oh, what's the dog's name? Guys, it's been so long since I've read Harry Potter. It's Rover. No. Serious? The three-headed three dog. Fluffy. Fluffy. She had to get Fluffy into the room. She had to help with that situation. Mm. That, for her, was the war. <laughs> <laughs> she refers to it vaguely as the war. <laughs> All right. Now, what is Greya's peak approach going to be? Sneaky. That fits with your trouble very well. I think it does. Which I'm trying to figure out how she would be sneaky if she's hopping. We'll say she has a prosthetic. They were kind and gave her one. Magic prosthetic. <gasps> she's like a little mini Mad Eye Moody. Ooh. Say that ten times fast. Mini Mad Eye Moody, mini Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the last thing we need for Greya is a stunt or a piece of equipment. 
Um, I like doing the equipment. I think it's fun. Um, her equipment is going to be, she's gonna actually, so she's gonna actually, what it's gonna be is a pig leg type thing. It's got a little rubber thing on the end, so that's how she's sneaky. Mm. But there's a little compartment on it that she pushes it open and she can hide things in there. Oh, nice. In the hollow part. So you can do some smuggling as well. Yes. All right, so you got a hollow leg. All right, let's go to JP. Do you have a character in mind for us? Well, it was funny because I was thinking, I'll be creature because that's something I remember. And then she's like, I'm going to be a half elf. And I'm like, okay, can't be creature. I'm going to be a ghost that's kind of like the Goltergeist. That's going to be pranks. And she's like, I do pranks. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can't do that one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So I came up with a troll, like the troll in the dungeon, except this is his brother and his name's Group. Nice. Um, and he just wants to be seen. So he comes, he sneaks into the castle and they throw him out all the time, but he just wants to be seen so he keeps coming back <laughs> nice. he just wants to be part of it yeah hey, I just need some friends. Poor group. he's just like there's there's some cool stuff going in the castle and it advised there's like a wizard tournament now and he's like i just want to come i just want to be a part of the gang you know Aww. oh sweet group and hagrid's always out there just doing his exterminator thing <laughs> but you know group's like a bad canut he always shows up <laughs> so what's our high concept aspect going to be for group my high concept is I just want to be seen. I just want to be seen, don't we all? Mm -hmm. And what's something that gets group in trouble? I mean, I just want to be seen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of multi-purpose. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's very um, aggressive on how he wants to be seen. He's aggressively affectionate, you might say. Sure, aggressively, aggressively extroverted. Aggressively extroverted. The opposite of most of us. I've known a few of those people in my life. Mm -hmm. Word. <laughs> Oh, the theater. <laughs> and so now we get to Group's audience-suggested aspect. The ones you're going to get to choose from are... Has a thing for house elves. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my mom about this. <laughs> and I have a closet shrine to Gilderoy Lockhart. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. Those are all good ones. I'm going to say... We're going to let the dice roll for the... Ooh, nice. I have a thing for house elves. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, this is going to be good. Good choice, Dice. And now, what is your peak approach going to be? Flashy. Mm, he's going to make himself seen. Ha-cha-cha. And then the last thing we need for group is a stunt or a piece of equipment. He has a bag that he hangs on his belly like a fanny pack. Then <laughs> he just kind of collects things and puts them in there. Nice. That's so cute. So who knows what you've already put in there? Maybe you'll be able to pull something useful out when the time comes. Mm -hmm. Big old fanny pack. Nice. So that is group. And then our last character is Connors. What you got for us? My name is Danuary. I'm an American exchange student. <laughs> I'm pretty quick on the draw. That I draw things quick, and I run fast, and I learn things quick. But my parents are very dead, uh, and my uncle and aunt live in Europe. So, hello. <laughs> Hence the uh, the exchanging, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so, of all of this information we have for January, uh, what is your high concept aspect going to be? Hmm. Has a lot to say about Minnesota. Mm. Oh yeah, you betcha. <laughs> the the only person I've met who has a lot to say about Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, what's something that gets January in trouble? 
Oh, man, he's got a, a really high metabolism, so he has to pee all the time. Because <laughs> he's quick. Science. Science. And subsequently also has to eat a lot to keep up with that high metabolism and is probably part of the cause of Greya's work influx. Oh, dear. Smack you on the head. Yeah, I get, the, I get the munchies. I'm a growing boy. And now for your audience-suggested aspect. Here's the ones you get to choose from. My wand talks to me, but only I can hear it. C's get degrees, or afraid of small people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'll do my wand talks to me, but only I can hear it. All right. Oh, those are all good choices. I know. These suggestions just got so much better when McKenna decided to be a house elf. He really did. (laughs) Really. Everything's just tying in. Now, what is Danuary's peak approach going to be? Well, I may have mentioned, but he's rather quick. Ah, yes. Quick on the draw. Good at drawing, catches on quick. And he's used to needing to run to the bathroom. Mm. And then the last thing is either a stunt or a piece of equipment. You can do a pretty cool backflip in a pinch. (laughs) In a pinch. It's not in a pinch. It's really not that great. Right. He learned it from a buddy in the States. You can just do a little flip. It's a backflip. Oh, my God. I mean, he could do magic too, I guess, but like that's his pride and joy, I'd say. Yeah, from those good old trampoline days back in Minnesota. Ah, yeah. I mean, these wizards don't have trampolines, so they're probably not too familiar with backflips. Yeah, they probably have like a magic trampoline that like, I don't know, shows you your nightmares every time you jump on it or something. (laughs) Yeah, those wizards always complicating things. Uh, Always. So rude. (laughs) Well, we've got our characters all figured out. We've got Greya the house elf, Group the troll, and Danuary the American exchange student. So with that, let's go ahead and get into our story. It is a bright, bustling morning, and January, you did not get selected for the Triwizard Tournament. You were disqualified because you are not technically a British citizen. Ah, beans. And so, despite your quickness and your pretty cool backflip, you were not granted admission into the Goblet of Fire. And you and your other sort of outcast friends are on your way down to the Great Hall for breakfast. Uh, what house do you think Danuary got sorted into? Yeah, my man's a Hufflepuff for sure. Nice. Hufflepuff. Hoofy poofy. Yeah, that's him. So you're on your way down to the Great Hall with your friend Gregna. Mm. And Gregna has always considered herself to be a denominationally ambiguous student. <laughs> so sure, she's in the Hufflepuff, but she doesn't necessarily feel that she belongs in Hufflepuff. Sure. It's like, you know, maybe there's a house that fits for everybody but she's not sure she's found it yet yeah she's a slytherin cusp or something yeah and so you guys are on your way down to the great hall but it appears that there's some malfunctions going on with the tables Hmm. uh they're not producing the food very reliably like you go and you grab yourself a big slice of black pudding and put it on your plate but suddenly it like glitches out and disappears before you're able to take a bite out of it so something weird must be going on with like the house elves or something yeah something's real afoot um Hey, uh, a friend of mine who goes here, did your pudding uh, keeping form or is that just mine? My pudding done disappeared straight out of my face. Ooh, we should probably look into this. I kind of want lunch. Yeah, and you guys being Hufflepuffs, you have much easier access to the kitchens than the other houses. We are located closest to it, so. Yeah, 
you go down and you find the entrance to the kitchens and sneak your way on inside and it's all a bustle. Everything is churning at triple speed because you got so many more people to feed. And on top of one of the tables with a big old notepad in one hand and a quill in the other hand is Greya, who you have met on a couple occasions. Hello there, Miss Greya. Oh, Danuary, I can't give you your snack right now. I need you to come back later when I can give you your snack. Greya, I understand, but there's something I need to bring to your attention. <laughs> the food is broken. Your food that you're making is broken. Well, let me take a look. Go ahead. Let me... A plate! Someone get me a plate! Thank you. I take a plate. I go ahead and I ladle out some of the soup that's on the stove and I put it in my little plate. That's right, a soup and a plate. <laughs> it's a household thing. Yeah, it's, don't worry about it. And yeah, and I go ahead and I scoop that onto my plate to see what happens. All right. And the magic kind of sucks it up and you feel the magic working that it like teleports it up into the great hall. And as you're showing it to Daniel, you'd be like, see, it worked. There's this weird kind of flickering and glitching and it appears back on your plate. Hmm, that looks like broken soup to me. Now, uh, Greya, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a hungry boy, and I'm a growing boy. So, uh, I take extreme issue when my food is broken. Can we figure out what's going on? All right, all right, one second, one second. And I'll grab a bowl and pour the soup into there, and I'll say, take this, this bowl right here. Go ahead, try that, eat it, see if it works. I quickly try to eat it. And as you take your first bite, Danuary, you hear a voice coming out of your pocket. And the voice is all like, Oh, master, I have detected some roaches. Not roaches per se, but an undesirable presence here in the kitchens. Not now, Wandy. I'm sipping my soup. You know me, I'm always looking for bugs, and I've got a bug report for you. Over there in the small closet underneath the stairs, I do believe I have detected an undesirable. Okay, I scream into my pocket, fine, I'll go look, just get off my back. And then I say, uh, Greya, my stick told me to check out this closet. I'm gonna do that. Thanks for the soup. And I'll hop down and go along with you behind you. And I quickly check out the closet. Yeah, you pop it open. I am group. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I just here to make your acquaintance, make your acquaintance. My name's group. I don't know if you uh, heard, but I'm a troll. Look at me. I'm big and I'm here and I just want to be a part of the gang. Oh, group. I told you, you could come in for a brief moment and not say that you could stay. Look at my checklist. Look, you're on here. It says group says hi, then group leaves. I checked it off. I thought you'd left. Well, I did leave, and then I came back <laughs> for more. It was an encore. They wanted more. They just want more of me. <laughs> That's a pretty good group <laughs> loophole. <laughs> and, Greya, you noticed that group is sitting on top of the sort of arcane latticework. It's all of these bits and bobs, these metallic pieces, and these various other spell components an eye of the newt and a tongue of the dog and all that stuff. And he has sat right on top of it in his hiding place, completely squashed the structure. And you see there's a bunch of like food all over him. There's bits of black pudding, there's stew, there's Heinz beans. And you think you've maybe figured out what's going on with the food malfunction. 
I'm sorry, I just love the imagery of like Eye of Newt and Tongue of Dog and Heinz Beans. <laughs> yes, a favorite breakfast staple in England. That is true. I, ugh, group. This is why I told you you can't stay. Look, look at this mess you made. Look how messy you are. Now I've got to clean you up. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll clean it up. I'll clean it up. Look, watch. Let, uh, let me, let me, let me take this. Uh, and I take an apron off of Greya. I take her apron <laughs> off and I start cleaning everything. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. That was, that was so inconsiderate of me. And you're so immodest. And oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, here, take that back. Take that back. Oh, and would you like a pair? I've got a pair in my pocket. You can have a pair. Group, you're very kind to. Gray, I, I've always noticed that in the 11 seconds I've known you. Oh, well, uh, she's just so round. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I guess I could try to cast press the digitation or something to clean up a little. I mean, I do use magic, I guess. And your wand is like, Master, I've told you a million times that Dungeons and Dragons thing is not real. This is what's real. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Wandy, but I'm pretty sure me and Craig played it every other Sunday in my basement. Anyway, um, <laughs> clean a kiss, the closet a kiss. Go ahead and roll to overcome with clever. All right. Ooh, a plus three. Plus three, not bad. So you say these mumbo jumbo words <laughs> and all of the stuff that's like splattered over group and like all the stuff that had wiped off onto the apron, which it, it wasn't necessarily like the best job because the apron itself is just like an empty crisps packet with a piece of twine to go around the neck <laughs> because you know house elves can't have real clothes. Yeah, yeah. So all of the stuff that's all over group, all over the apron, it disappears and you can hear your wand from inside your hand just grumbling like, this shouldn't work, why does this, I hate this so much. Wandy, <laughs> one day I'll teach you a real thing or two about real magic, but for now you just keep the gripe into a minimum because your attitude is not great. Back to the pocket. Fine. <sighs> All right, the two of you follow me and uh, Winky. And you, Winky, who has been kind of peering in the entire time, hoping not to be noticed, she snaps to attention. She goes, oh, yes, yes, ma'am. Here is my checklist. Now, you make sure that we get the rest of everything done, or I swear on the life of Dumbledore, I'll end you. And she takes the checklist in her hand, and she goes, oh, yes. Of course, don't you worry. And she starts walking in a very affected kind of step. She's walking towards the fireplace and she like, quote unquote, trips. Like you can see she did not trip over anything, <laughs> but you see your checklist go flying out of her hands into the fireplace. And she looks back at you and goes, oops, Winky is so clumsy, ma'am. That is a malevolent little house elf. I'm a puncher. <laughs> <laughs> Roll two attack with forceful. <laughs> And Winky's going to roll to defend with quick. Yeah, Greya, go for violence. Go for violence. <laughs> Ooh, a plus four. Plus four. Winky got a minus one. You just killed Winky. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Not canon. So, not canon. <laughs> now, stress does not necessarily have to be physical damage per se. And when one loses all of their stress, that does not mean that they're dead. It just means they're incapacitated. So, but I mean, Kreia, uh, what does it look like as Winky falls unconscious? Um, actually, what 
I'm gonna do, I'm gonna snap my finger and a little pot of flour is just gonna fall on her head. <laughs> and then I'm gonna look at one of the other little house elves next to me and say, Mac. You and a couple other elves, clean that up, put her up somewhere, give her some medicine or something, I don't care what you do, but don't let this get any messier than it already is. My head's on the line and I don't really need it to be on the line right now. Group is staring at this and he takes off his little bowler cap and starts fanning himself. (laughs) Pretty intense, eh, group? Things get hot here in the kitchen. Oh, things get very hot. Uh, Don't, wait, is that an innuendo? Never mind. Boys. Out the door. Let's go down to the hut. Down to go get fixed up. Oh, but can't we go take a little uh, stroll around the Great Hall and, you know, just go see everybody, see what all the hollabaloo is with this Triwizard Tournament? You can watch from afar, but you're not allowed. You scare all those little British boys and girls. Yeah, the British are pretty scared. It's it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I learned from last time, and this time I come with magic. Can I pull out some cards? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They've never seen that before. (laughs) I know. No one has seen magic like this before. (laughs) Alright, here's here's what we're going to do. Alright, you two. Trouble, trouble makers. I mean, Danuary, you haven't really done anything other than come down here and interrupt it, but group, we have to go and get you cleaned off fully. And Danuary, I just kind of like your company sometimes, so you're going to come. So instead of going to the hut to go get you fixed up, there is a pipe of water, a little well as well, <laughs> uh, over by the Quidditch area where they wipe off when they get lots of mud on them. So we're going to go over there. How about you show us your magic on our way? I would love to. And if we could stop by the fat lady the or whatever it is, we could <laughs> the picture. I would love to say some words. <laughs> Only because they are all eaten right now. Nice. Somebody died uh, summoning a mandrake, so I think my classes are actually canceled for the day, so I, I got nothing else going on. All right, Danuary. Go ahead. I got your second snack of the day prepared Ooh. over in the corner over there. Go ahead and grab it, but don't you tell anybody I do that for you or you're dead. I quickly grab it. It's a big old plate of bubble and squeak. <laughs> And so you guys all prepare to head out of the kitchen on your way to clean up. And you're passing by Mac and the rest of his little crew. They're like picking up shards of pottery that shattered over Winky's head, sweeping (laughs) up the flour. And a couple of them start dragging Winky by the door to the kitchen as you're going to open it up. And you see standing outside the door is Alistair Moody, the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Ah, jeez. You see his impressive peg leg on one foot right in front of your face, Greya. I admire it. And you peer up his grizzled coat to his face and that one big eye is staring down at you. And the other is watching these other house elves pulling Winky out of the way. And he looks down at you with a scowl and says... Greya, I came down here to see what was going on with the bad magic. All your food seemed to be broken, and now I see that you're breaking other things as well. I just want to say in Greya's defense, uh, Winky was being kind of a nit. (laughs) She was kind of asking for it. She was kind of literally, yeah, she had it coming. And Mad-Eye puts his hand over your mouth, and he's like, Son, we can't have you using that kind of language around these parts. I know things are different over there in Minnetucky or whatever it is you're from, but around here you can't use that word, all right? Okay. And he looks over the three of you and he says, I think I'm going to have to bring you up to the headmaster. 
please do. I would love to meet Mr. Headmaster. <laughs> oh, jeez, another day in the life of Danuary. Okay, I guess I'm in trouble now. I just kind of shrink and begrudgingly walk along. As we walk by, can I see if there's any students wearing scarves and try to sneakily take one off? <laughs> yeah, so there are a bunch of students. Uh, they've got the colors of their respective houses all across their necks. Uh, there's a couple Durmstrang students and Bobaton students as well who have their scarves as well. And you notice that Gregna is off in the corner and she has a scarf that is red and yellow and green and blue because, you know, she's denominationally ambiguous. Oh my gosh. She made it. <laughs> yeah, she knitted it herself. And yeah, you see a bunch of students. Your pick, essentially, whichever color you like the best. Um, I would like to pick Ravenclaw. Nice. All right. So you see a few Ravenclaws walking past and they've got their noses in books so they don't notice you walking up. Go ahead and roll to overcome a sneaky, and they're going to roll with clever to see if they notice. Oh, great. Ravenclaws. Spoiler alert. Ravenclaws are clever. <laughs> oh, I got a plus one. They got a plus three to notice. And so you grab the end of one of the scarves, and as you're walking past and kind of tugging on it, you see that this particular student has tied it in a very fashionable yet secure knot. And so you kind of clothesline him a little bit as he's walking <laughs> past, and he gives a little <clears throat> and turns back to see you. And he's like, what, what is Troll doing here in the entrance hall? What, Professor Moody, are we allowing trolls in here now? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, I just here and I start like cleaning him up like with the scarf, just kind of like brush over him a little bit. Now, just for no hard feelings, I have in my pocket a book because you seem to have your nose in a book. Would you like a book in exchange for that scarf? I'm sure you have many of those scarves. I just need some, you know, Hogwarts paraphernalia. Yeah, we were given six of them each with our uniform. So uh, <laughs> don't let them come up with any excuses. Sorry, I'm with the troll. <laughs> and all three of the Ravenclaw students roll their eyes in unison. And they all just mutter under their breath, also in unison. Oh, January. And the one that you had grabbed the scarf of is like, well, what kind of book do you propose to give to me? My collection is vast. It's a fictional book about magic and, you know, <laughs> magical creatures. And it takes place in a small town in America, I believe. Ooh. And it just, I believe you would love this book. It sounds cool. And what book do you pull out of your fanny pack? Twilight New Moon. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. I, I was not expecting that. Sounds really cool, actually. I'm going to give him like one of the middle ones, too. <laughs> not even the first one. <laughs> uh, roll to overcome with flashy. The way they describe this uh, Edward guy, he kind of sounds like our buddy Cedric, huh? <laughs> I hope nothing happens to that guy. <laughs> that out there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Plus three. Plus three. The, so they see the picture on the front, and this kid is like, 
My goodness, that does look remarkably like Cedric, doesn't it? <laughs> and the other two Ravenclaws start swooning. You know, everybody at Hogwarts has a crush on Cedric Diggory. Every single student. Even Danuary. Even Danuary. Yeah, of course. Have you seen his hair? It's beautiful. <laughs> and the Ravenclaw student looks at the book and is like, Yes, I, I believe that this is a worthy trade. And pulls off the scarf and hands it to you and begins rushing off with Twilight New Moon. <laughs> and the other two Ravenclaws are like chasing after him, trying to get a peek over his shoulder. He's going to be so confused. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I look the part. Let's go meet the headmaster. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you guys, you guys have caused a bit of a kerfuffle here in the entrance hall. While we are on our way to being in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> there are a bunch of people just kind of staring at you, but their attention is quickly drawn away as the Triwizard champions begin walking out of the Grand Hall, and they're dressed in their finest robes. You've got Fleur and Victor and Cedric and Harry, and everybody starts swooning as they begin walking past. Hi, Cedric. And Cedric looks over at you. Uh, roll a flashy check to see how he responds to you. Ooh. All right. That's a nice crisp two. Cedric looks over at you, and he kind of gives you the up and down with his eyes and gives you kind of a pompous head tilt, the, just the merest of nods as he goes walking past, and Harry is walking behind him, and he's kind of like hunched over, and his hair is all over the place, his massive geeky glasses. Uh, the books never mention this, but he's got a massive overbite. He's just <laughs> a total dweeb. And he's kind of walking along behind Cedric. He looks over to you and he's like, Hello, Danuary. How are you today? Uh, yeah, hey, uh, Harry looking. Anyway, tell Cedric I said hey. All right. Uh, yes, of course. And as you guys go brushing past Harry. <laughs> he's a total dweeb. <laughs> as you, you guys go brushing past Harry on your way up to the headmaster's office. And Mad-Eye is clunking up the stairs with his peg leg. And he's just mumbling as all the students go filing out to go to the next Triwizard event. And he goes, oh, If you ask me, this whole situation is just a load of malarkey. I'm sure that something horrible is going to come of this. I don't trust any of this entire tournament. Well, what makes you say that, grumpy pants? And he stops and turns on a dime and gets right up in your face like a centimeter away from your nose. And he goes, if you ask me, I think there's a saboteur here in the school. That would explain the soup thing. Yes, I don't know who it is, but I'm committed to finding this mole. Obviously working for you-know-who. I'm going to bring him to justice. Don't you wait. I'm taking all that responsibility upon myself so nobody else has to go looking for him. Now, hold up there, sir. We would love to help you find this saboteur. Isn't that right, Danuary? Yeah, we're on our way to being in trouble, but an adventure sounds nice. And he blanches a little as you say that and gives a big old gulp and says, Well, we'll see what the headmaster has to say first. And you guys stop in front of the staircase that leads up to Dumbledore's office. And he looks back at all of you and says, Now, I don't know what you guys are up to, but it can't be anything good. And as the staircase has fully ascended up into the ceiling, he says, Now, follow me. Your fate awaits you. I hold the door for great. <laughs> <laughs> and before I step out, I push the little button in my peg leg 
and inside right now I have a little bottle of whiskey and I like sneak a little sip. <laughs> and I kind of rip the door open a little too it's forceful. <laughs> Enthusiastic as ever. Uh, roll to overcome with forceful. <laughs> to overcome the door. <laughs> Plus three. Plus three. You successfully managed to not tear it off of its hinges and the others file in past you and Dumbledore turns and looks at you all as you enter and he spreads his arms wide and he's wearing a very brilliant cloak, a very wonderful set of robes and he says, Ah, oh, young ones and large ones and small ones. I'm afraid that terrible things are happening here at the school, but I do not want to ruin everybody's spirits. So I'm hiring you on as an undercover team. None can know what you are up to. They should be celebrating yeah. and feeling joyous <laughs> about the Triwizard Tournament. So, are you going to be my strike team? Strike us down as part of that strike team. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna high five Greya and Goop. I'm, I'm like offering the high fives to these fellas. I'll like softly touch your hand and say, so we're not really in trouble. And he turns towards Professor Moody and he says, Alistair, have you been scaring people again? I keep asking you not to do that. <laughs> and Mad-Eye's like, I'm trying not to scare people, but it's, it's my nature, you know. And Dumbledore says, yes, let's have you go up to Madame Pomfrey and get some facial realignment surgery or something so you're not <laughs> as scary. <laughs> and Mad-Eye goes, oh, fine, fine. And he steps out the door and heads off to the infirmary. <laughs> off to surgery immediately. <laughs> Get out of here, Mad-Eye. Well, I solved one problem. Now we just gotta solve the giant one. Uh, are, you, are you talking about me? I'm not. I, I thought we discussed there that we... Group, I don't think you're a problem. I think you're a European quirk. <laughs> oh. I'm more specifically referring to the saboteur or the suspicions of the saboteur who's working for the bad guy. Guy who we're not allowed to talk about for reasons I don't understand because I'm from Minnesota and I haven't been here very long. I appreciate you calling me a quirk. I am a quirky guy. <laughs> and while you guys have been talking, you notice that Dumbledore has just inserted himself into your like <laughs> high five triangle. Oh, good. And he's got his hands up connected with groups and danuaries. And he's like, yes, there are grave things at hand. I believe that somebody is going to attempt to kill at least one of the members of the Triwizard Tournament. I really hope it's Harry. So do I, but don't tell him that. <laughs> That's hilarious. The guy's a total dweeb. I, I mean, I, I, I don't think he or anybody should die. I want to be clear about that, but I mean... If we had the pick. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Harry. But anyway, no, let's avoid the killing. We, we can do that, right? Go team. Right, yes. Now the details are grim. And Dumbledore turns towards the camera and his eyes go wide. And we're going to find out what the grim details are next time. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Dumbledore's Delinquents. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as that one Ravenclaw student is to have this very sensuous book about Cedric Diggory's stand-in <laughs> if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can comment on one of our posts or tweet us about us using hashtag ImptabSetting or hashtag ImptabAspect. Let's do a round of plugs. 
As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, a D&D 5e actual play where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. We fight dragons. The Triwizard Tournament fights dragons. If you like fighting dragons, they're both good for you. We also have another 5e actual play that I mentioned earlier, Dimension 20 over on Dropout. Brendan Lee Mulligan is a fantastic dungeon master. So good. And all of the players on there are amazing as well. So go give that a listen. And also check out Book Lover Soaps, the Etsy store of Rachel Anderton, who suggested this month's setting. McKenna, you got anything that you would like to plug? Um, I would like to plug my ears as I take a nap. <laughs> Because my husband, who some of you may know as Christian Randall, mm. snores. So to help with that, I've invented this really, really, really cool earwax and hair removal and sound removal AirPods. Cool. I'm um, working with Apple on this. Um, and the basic premise is that... You get a lot of stuff done at the same time. Um, you put these little AirPods in, and these bad boys, they're cleaning out your earwax. They're shaving the inside of your ear to get that ear hair, that stubborn ear hair you can't get. And, you know, they're blocking out the glorious, disturbing sounds of your significant other snoring. We are testing them here in the next couple months. So if you would like to be a tester, give me a shout out on Vine and let me know. Hit up McKenna and we'll get some blades in your ears. I'm now going to be rethinking my life choices, but in the meantime, Vine me. Right on. JP, is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, I would just like to say, you know, if you want to be kind to your teachers, I don't think it's inappropriate to give them an apple. I know that you see these in all these old cartoons and old TV shows, and I'm pretty sure we just need to bring that back. Yeah. That's so sweet. How kind. Give them an apple. A good one, too. And record your experience and send it to us at improvtabletop. <laughs> .ca. .ca. .ca.gov. <laughs> Connor, you got anything that you would like to plug? I do. I've been doing some soul searching lately, and I'm starting to think I might be into card games a little bit. And I want to specify, uh, deck building games have really been driving my attention lately. Mm. I'm a big old fat old nerd who likes nerdy, geeky, dorky video games and all that. Uh, and I've been crazy over these deck building games, specifically revolving around like kind of a roguelike element. Uh, Slay the Spire comes to mind, mm -hmm. um, but specifically Monster Train is one I have been diving headlong into. I cannot put this stinking game down. You are essentially just riding train through hell, trying to get hell ablaze again with your little monsters and you build a deck. That's a good explanation, Connor. Thanks, Connor. I'm welcome. Anyway, Monster Train, it's fun. And so is Slay the Spire. I love you. Bye. And I'll add Clank to that. It's a board game, not a video game, but it's super good. Hoo-ha! Well, thanks everybody so much for joining us here in the world of Dumbledore's Delinquents. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... McKenna Steele, Avada. I'm not gonna finish it. <laughs> Justin Porter, or JP, uh, I married a Harry Potter nerd. Connor McDouglas Woodard. I am Avada Kadabra Doodle Doo. <laughs> Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, my name's Gria.
My name's my name's Greya. Hey, my name's hi hi hi. My name's Greya. Hello, I'm Greya. Hello, I'm Greya. My name's Greya.